0: Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score. Appreciate you tuning in on this Monday afternoon. We got another slate of NFL games over this weekend, and another round of crazy results. Tons of upsets that we didn't see coming. The Cardinals taking out the Cowboys, the Texans handing it to the Jaguars, the Colts and Gardner Minshew getting the best of the Ravens in overtime. And this next one, it wasn't an upset, but I don't think anybody projected the Dolphins putting up 70 on the Broncos. So you <laughs> Plenty of stuff that we hit on, a bunch of things that I didn't see playing out the way that they did. And as usual, lots to react to as we start to turn the page here into week four and the rest of the season. Plus, we still got two games to go tonight before we're officially finished with week three. But as always, we're going to go over the notable injuries from the weekend today, and then we're going to talk through the top waiver ads and how you should be approaching all those players in your leagues. And let's start with the injuries because we had one really big one. Another guy lost for the season, Mike Williams. Suffered a knee injury, it did not look good in the moment. He got carted off. He was wearing a leg brace after the game. The initial reports were actually confirmed today. It's an ACL tear. He is done for the year. And it's really unfortunate, too, since he was off to such a great start this season. I mean, he missed some time in week one, but he still put up four for 45. And then the last two weeks, he had eight for 83 against the Titans and then seven for 121 and a touchdown on Sunday before he had to leave. And now he's gone. We're not going to see him for the rest of 2023. And that puts a lot on Keenan Allens plate and we saw Allen come through with a monster game this weekend and it also makes Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston pretty intriguing waiver wire pickups now I mean Palmer's the one who gets the biggest boost he's performed pretty well when either Williams or Allen have missed time over the last couple years and he came through in this game four for 66 and a score on Sunday he's in the wide receiver three flex mix now and then Johnston He hasn't really looked ready for that big role yet, but the Chargers, they're going to have to ask more from the first rounder. There is just no other option here now that Williams is out. So you look at Johnston as more of a stash. I wouldn't throw him right in your lineup, but definitely somebody that you want to pick up. You could also give Gerald Everett and Donald Parham a bump there, and they're the tight ends in that offense, since they're likely probably going to be used a little more with Williams out. They can be those big bodies now for that offense. And sadly, Justin Herbert, his stock is going to take a dip because he's losing one of his top weapons. There's just no way around it. And he's also potentially going to be without Austin Eckler for at least one more game because The Chargers are kind of making it seem like Eckler is going to sit out through that week five bye. So there's been lots of adversity for the Bolts through three weeks. We hope that they can get things right. We hope that they can keep moving forward, even though they just lost one of their best players for the rest of the year. The other long term injury we might be dealing with Derek Carr on the Saints. He injured his throwing shoulder during a sack. He got taken to hospital just to get checked out for internal injuries. Could be an AC sprain, according to some of the injury analysts. And we're talking about a quarterback's throwing shoulder. So I'm guessing that this is going to take a couple weeks for him to get right. I don't think we're going to see him out there in week four. And that means Jameis Winston, the party is back. And Winston has actually played pretty well the last couple seasons when he's gotten a chance to start. Not as many crazy mistakes. I think he should be able to keep this offense functioning, especially with Alvin Kamara set to return in week four. So a slight downgrade overall. Not a massive drop off for that Saints offense. And Jameis has a date with the Bucs in week four too, right? His old team, he's got to go up against them right away. I hope that he's going to fare better than he did last year against them when he threw for 236 yards, one touchdown and three picks. But he also didn't have Alvin Kamara in that game. So you figure that that'll make a big difference. Some other injuries to watch for. Patrick Mahomes, he got his ankle or his lower leg kind of twisted up and he was hobbling around a bit during that contest. He also got to call it an early day because the Chiefs were just in complete control against the Bears, but I don't think he's going to miss any time. The reports today said that he's good, but just want to note in case he sits out some practice or if he aggravates the injury over the next couple weeks, if it's something that bothers him, just keep that in the back of your mind. He does get the Jets in week four, so it could be another early day for him if the Chiefs can take care of business there. Jimmy Garoppolo. So he left right before halftime during the Sunday nighter. And that was after he got crunched by a couple defenders and he went down about as awkwardly as you possibly could. And it looked like he might have hurt his ankle or really any number of things, but he ended up returning in the second half. And then after the game, it came out that he was being evaluated for a concussion. And today Josh McDaniels confirmed that Garoppolo is in fact in the concussion protocol. So as we know, that's gonna put his week four status in doubt, especially on a short week. And if he's out, it might be the veteran Brian Hoyer, it might be Aiden O'Connell, the rookie, either of those guys could be taken on the Chargers, Hoyer's a very limited veteran though at this point in his career, I view him as like more of a coach in the QB room, O'Connell showed well in the preseason and he's got some more juice to his game, I would much rather see him get a shot at least for fantasy purposes because even if he flames out, he has the arm to keep Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers producing and if I was the Raiders, I'd be worried about keeping Devontae happy. I'm worried that he's going to request a trade soon because he did not sound very excited about the direction that things were going in Vegas after that loss last night, but we're going to monitor the Jimmy G situation. I'll be projecting him to be out for week four, though. We'll have to do the same for Gus Edwards on the Ravens. He left to get checked out for a head injury and did not return. Plus, you already had Justice Hill inactive for that game due to the toe injury. So Melvin Gordon took over as the lead back in that game, and i I would say that between Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake, I thought Drake looked like he had a little more left in the tank and his touches, but it's going to be a mess if Edwards and Hill are out for week four because the Ravens are facing the Browns defense. They've been stellar. That defense is so strong. One of the best in the league. He'll might return this week and we'll talk about him when we get to the waiver wire section, but we're going to have to see about Edwards. We'll also have to keep an eye on their teammate too, Rashad Bateman. He seemed to be dealing with a hamstring issue on Sunday. And then he had a really odd, like motivational post on Instagram this morning about no matter how bad things get and no matter how many days you spent crying that you should just keep going. So That makes you concerned that maybe he got some bad news about the injury and he could miss some time. Always speculating. I know we can't put too much stock in the social media posts, but you have to acknowledge it as a data point when you're trying to sort through this stuff. So purely speculation for now, but just keep that in mind. Even if he was healthy, though, you're not using him for fantasy That Ravens offense, they're running through Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers, and that's kind of it, and it seems like all the other guys are just sort of bit players, so Bateman can probably be dropped regardless of his injury status. You could probably drop him in redraft leagues. Jonathan Mingo, he suffered a concussion in the second quarter. He was ruled out. He's in concussion protocol now, so he remains a stash, especially if you can throw him in your IR spot, but if you can't hold him... It's okay to let him go back to the waiver wire. You probably won't see him in week four, and we'll see when he can get back. And that could lead to another big day for Adam Thielen and DJ Shark. Those guys came through. Not sure if they're going to be catching passes from Andy Dalton or Bryce Young yet. Young's still dealing with that ankle issue. But Thielen and Shark, they're the top two wideouts in Carolina until Mingo's cleared, and they both had pretty big games this weekend. We also had a ton of star players get banged up and leave for a little bit and then return to their games. So I just want to mention them here. Calvin Ridley. Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Stefan Diggs, Najee Harris, Zach Moss, Gardner Minshew. I don't think that there's a point in going into each injury because like I said, they did come back into their games. They dealt with one thing or another during those contests, but they played through it which likely means that they're going to be fine moving forward, just worth noting in case they miss some practice time this week. And then there's also the saga of Joe Burrow. And depending when you're listening to this, maybe it'll already be solved. Maybe you'll know if he's playing, but right now it's unclear if he's going to go tonight or not in the Monday nighter. And if he does, he'll be at serious risk of another aggravation, so hopefully he makes it through the game unscathed if he does suit up, and if he gets hurt again, we're definitely going to talk about it on Tuesday show, and we'll hit on any important injuries from the two Monday night games on Tuesday show. We've had such bad luck with that so far this year, Aaron Rodgers going down in week one with a season ender, and then Nick Chubb last week also out for the year, so hopefully we can avoid anything like that. But that's the end of the injury list, so let's get into the top waiver ads, and I'll have that full waiver wire column up on Monday night like always, and then I'll update it after the games if anything happens that changes things. We saw that happen last week with... Jerome Ford taking over the top spot kind of overnight on Monday, so make sure you're checking it out when it goes up, and then again after the game, and then also on Tuesday because I'll change things as more news comes in. On the show today, though, we're just going to go over the top guys, and the list in the column go way deeper, but on here, just the top names. So for quarterbacks this week, there's two guys who are above that 50% cutoff mark that I use for the column, but guys who I think would probably be the best options for you to target, and that would be Matthew Stafford. He's 55% rostered. He's getting the Colts in week four and he hasn't played yet this week. So this is assuming that he makes it out of Monday night healthy. I don't want to jinx anybody, but the Colts defense, they've been one of the top 10 easiest matchups for fantasy quarterbacks. So Stafford should be a good streamer there. And so is Russell Wilson. And I know it might not seem like a good idea to go near that Broncos offense after that loss, but the good news for Denver is they get the bears in week four Chicago. One of the few teams that are kind of worse off than the Denver Broncos are right now. Plus, the Bears have allowed top five fantasy production to quarterbacks this year, so could be a get-right spot for Wilson and that entire team. And then as for the rest of the streamers, it's not great. I mean, CJ Stroud, he's 20% rostered. He's looked good for a rookie through his first three starts. You have to be happy about what you've seen, but the fantasy production has been kind of average. He gets the Steelers next week, which isn't a great matchup either, so... Don't really feel super excited about him, but you could look to him as a streamer. Jameis Winston, we mentioned him earlier. He's 0% rostered, obviously, and he gets his former team, the Bucks, like we mentioned, who tend to be a pass funnel. So they're strong against the run. They kind of force teams to throw. Jameis could be able to rack up some yards. It just depends whether he's going to be able to throw a couple touchdowns with that, or whether the Saints let Taysom Hill take over around the goal line and kind of vulture that work. Makes Jameis a risky streamer, though there is a ceiling for him in that matchup. Same goes for whoever's starting for the Panthers, whether it's Bryce Young or Andy Dalton. The matchup's going to be good against the Vikings. You won't feel confident starting either of those guys, but you could look to them. And then if we go deeper, it gets really, really thin, the streaming options there. But I'll have all the other names in the column broken down. So if you're in two quarterback or super flex leagues, you could check that out. I will say, though, that Kyler Murray is an IR stash. He's 24% rostered. He's a little more intriguing now that the team's actually won a game. And that sounds funny, but they've been pretty competitive in all three contests so far. I was kind of curious what was going to happen with them. It really seemed like they were setting themselves up to tank this year, but now I want to know what this offense is going to look like with Murray at the helm. So the idea of the Cardinals tanking, I think should be thrown out the window. And I think Murray could be an interesting stash. Now, I'm just not really sure when he's going to be back. We haven't really heard a timeline on him or how much he's really going to be willing to run coming off of that knee injury. we will keep going to the running backs here and a couple backups who are pushing for more work lately. Jalen Warren, Zach Charbonnet, they're both over the 50% rostered mark, but they should definitely be added everywhere. You have to like those guys. They're playing very well. If anything happens to their starters they would be huge pickups for fantasy. They would be guys that would be top 15, top 20 options in fantasy. And even right now, they're giving you a little bit of flex value. Uh, the top dog for this week's waiver wire though, he was in the picture. He is the guy everyone is going to be going after. There is no question. It's Devon Achan. And according to Adam Schefter, you might think I pronounced that wrong, but that is how he wants his name produced. It's not A-Chain, but Achan. chan So that's what we're going with. And I know you're going to tell me that he's probably already rostered in your league and in most competitive leagues, I'm sure he is. He's 41% rostered right now, but he blew the doors off. 203 rushing yards 30 receiving yards did all that on 22 touches and oh by the way he also found the end zone four times now it took jeff wilson being on ir and salvin Ahmed being ruled out with a groin injury to kind of clear the path for him but now that we finally got to witness what all the beat writers and all his teammates were talking about over the summer they were kept saying that you know this guy's making mind-bending plays in practice and then we were curious why he wasn't doing it at the beginning of the season and he did deal with some injuries in august and maybe that delayed the reveal a little bit but he's here now he's not going away now I don't think it's going to be the tidal wave that we saw like this Denver game this week but Raheem Mostert and HN they're going to form a dynamic duo maybe we'll see Jeff Wilson get some grinder yards in there too but Mostert and HN both speed freaks They're both perfect for this offense. And Mostert had a heck of a game himself. He also scored four touchdowns. So these guys are going to terrorize defenses together. Next up are my bills in week four. I'm a little bit worried about that one, but Mostert and Chan are RB2s and they have RB1 upside like we saw this week. And that's why you're emptying the clip. If he is still out there in your leagues, You are given every bit of fab that you have to try to get A-Chan on your roster max bid all the way because if Mostert's durability issues pop up again, A-Chan is absolutely going to go off the rest of the season. There's no one else really worthy of that kind of waiver bid this week. Roshan Johnson continues to eat away at that Bears backfield at the snaps and the touches, but how valuable he's going to be for fantasy is tough to gauge because If the Bears offense doesn't improve and if Khalil Herbert stays involved, which I expect he's going to to some capacity, then Roshan's value is kind of capped and he should be rostered everywhere. Don't get me wrong, because... I think it seems like he does have a shot to start pretty soon, but you just wonder what the ceiling is for a player like that in that offense. I question that a little bit, but maybe the Bears turn it around at some point. You never know. Uh, Matt Breda, he's still out there in 70% of leagues. And if Saquon Barkley misses week four, which he likely will, I think at this point, then Breda has a much better matchup against the Seahawks this time around. Breda got lucky to find the end zone against the 49ers. I mean, he only had seven touches in that game. He played 82% of the giant snaps, though. So if he gets that in future matchups, we could see some better days come if Barkley remains out. And this matchup, it would be one of the friendlier matchups. So Breda is going to be an RB3 with upside in week four if he gets that start. And then going back to the Ravens runners, we'll have to see what the update is on Justice Hill's injury, but with Gus Edwards in concussion protocol... We might get a start from Justice Hill, assuming that Edwards is out this week, and that would make Hill an upside RB3. Would be higher if it weren't for the matchup against the Browns. The Browns offense is going to cause problems for sure. They've done that with everyone they've faced so far. And if Hill can't go, then you're looking at Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake. They would be very risky flex options this week. And then I'll highlight this guy again, but Tajay Spears should be rostered in a lot more than 24% of leagues. He's getting a ton of snaps in that Titans offense. Derrick Henry hasn't really looked like himself this year. He's playing through a toe injury. If Henry does end up missing time, Spears is going to erupt. Do not wait for it to happen. Don't wait for Henry to get on that trainer's table. Go and get Spears immediately. And then a bunch of other backups who I think should be stashed. Kendra Miller, he's kind of the number two now with Jamal Williams on IR, so he'll be behind Alvin Kamara. Tank Bigsby, Rico Dowdle, Latavius Murray. There's lots more in the column, but you can see them all in there. I'll let you go read that. Over to Receivers. And a few of the rookies are bubbling up to the top of the waiver wire list. Tank Dell and the Texans. He's 31% rostered. And after a fairly quiet opener, he had three for 34, played 48% of the snaps in week one. He's taken on a much bigger role the last two weeks with Noah Brown going on IR. Dell had seven for 72 and a touchdown in week two, and then followed that up with five for 145 and a touchdown this week. 17 targets over the last two games for him. And with CJ Stroud really willing to push that ball downfield and make plays through the air, Dell, he's small, but he is getting it done. And he's the top waiver wire ad add this week at receiver. He's a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside after him. I have three sets of teammates to talk about. The first is the chargers guys. You knew that was coming because we mentioned them earlier. Mike Williams lost for the year. Palmer could be more productive right away. He's gotten the most work next to Keenan Allen when Williams has been out. And we saw that again this weekend. He'll be usable in fantasy whenever there's an injury to one of those starters. So now that we know Williams is going to miss time, you can get Palmer into your lineup as a wide receiver three flex. He's also only 2% rostered. So I would prioritize him over Quinton Johnston right now, even though Johnston's the first round pick. He's the one with the higher ceiling, but Johnston hasn't done anything to earn the playing time yet. And he hasn't really shown that he's ready for the big time so he can get there, but not really any signs of that breakout so far. Either way, both guys need to be rostered. Now that big Mike's out for the year Palmer as that wide receiver, three wide receiver four flex and Johnston as a wide receiver five with the breakout potential. If he starts to get more comfortable in that offense. The next set of teammates is on the Packers, and this one's going to get more complicated because unlike the Chargers, the Packers are actually going to add a receiver soon. At some point, Christian Watson is going to come back from that hamstring injury, and that'll make it a little tougher to project these guys. But I did see some speculation that maybe Watson had a setback last week because he was limited on Wednesday and then DNP on Thursday and then limited on Friday. So we'll see what he can do in practice this week, but Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs, They've had their moments with him out of the lineup. I expect that that's going to continue even if it becomes a little more inconsistent when Watson's out there. And Reed in particular, he could have had much bigger days, especially on Sunday. He nearly caught two touchdowns to go along with his yardage, but luck really wasn't on his side. One got pulled out. It just didn't happen for him. So I like Reed and Dobbs as wide receiver for flex plays. And then if you aren't into the rookies, maybe I can interest you in the Panthers veterans. And we already mentioned them earlier because of the Mingo injury, but Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. Dillon went for 11 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown with Andy Dalton at the helm on Sunday. And Chark got more involved with Mingo in concussion protocol. Chark finishing with 86 yards and a score. So Mingo likely going to miss at least a week. The matchups coming up are pretty solid for the Panthers passing game too. You have the Vikings, the Lions, and then a potential shootout with the Dolphins in week six. So you could do worse than starting one of those Panthers wideouts as Flex plays with a decent amount of upside as we saw against the Seahawks. And then a couple other rookies that I think need to be rostered more, and I view them more as stashes, but they really could be dart throws in your lineup if you need to. Josh Downs on the Colts. He's kind of turning into the second best receiver in that offense. Rashi Rice on the Chiefs. He's the one that has the best shot, I think, out of any KC wideout to really become an impact player this year. And then Marvin Mims and the Broncos. And you've seen the highlights. I mean, he keeps making plays despite the fact that he's not getting a ton of playing time. So, You figure that has to change soon. He's going to earn more work in that offense. Now is the time to get him on your bench. Don't wait until we see another one of these big games or until we see that usage go up, which will be the real tell that the bigger days are coming. We'll keep going here on to tight ends and a couple guys that I like. Luke Musgrave hasn't had that monster performance yet, but man, has he been close. He even had a couple opportunities for deep shots against the Saints and Jordan Love just missed him on those throws, but now he gets the Lions. I think this is going to be the breakout week for him. So Musgrave is a good streamer and a guy who could turn into a starting tight end in your fantasy lineup, a guy who shouldn't be out there in as many leagues as he's in. I think he's still out there in like 82% of leagues or something like that. So he's already the starter for Green Bay. He could be the starter in your fantasy lineup soon. And then I'll mention Jake Ferguson again. He led this spot last week, 41% rostered now, continues to see a good target share. He had five for 48 in week three. He's a streaming option. And then Gerald Everett. I mean, we've been down on him because the target competition, but the top receivers, Donald Parnum, they were all eating into his work at tight end. But then you take Big Mike out of the picture Everett could step up as that big bodied threat. We've seen him do it before in Mike Williams' missed time. So a risky streamer for sure, but somebody that you could look at. And just like Taysom Hill, a very low floor for Taysom, but with Jameis Winston expected to start, Derek Carr healing up for a little bit, Taysom might be used more, especially around the goal line. That's what you need for a big fantasy day from him. And you think about him as more of a desperation option at tight end. I'm not telling you to run out and get him on your roster, but you know, if there aren't a lot of good choices on the waiver wire at tight end, he's someone that you could turn to. I also like Zach Ertz as more of a long-term option. I wouldn't play him this week against the 49ers. That's a really bad matchup, but somebody who you could toss in your bench, somebody who can get a lot of volume in that Cardinals offense. So you could look to him as well in future weeks. And then we'll finish things up with some defenses that you could stream in week four. The Chargers are 6% rostered. They get the Raiders, probably the Raiders without Jimmy Garoppolo. So Chargers are certainly a target. The Browns, they don't have a great matchup. They're 46% rostered. But if they're available, I would pick them up and I would start them regardless of who they're going against each week because that Browns D looks like one of the best in the league. The Bengals, they get that Week Titans offense next, and then they get the Cardinals after that. So since he's D could be a two week streamer, the Broncos who we talked about, I mean, they got dropped a lot after that Miami game. And I understand it, but people aren't looking ahead here because they get the Bears offense in week four. Justin Fields takes a ton of sacks. The Broncos are going to be a streamer despite what we saw last week. And then if you want to bet on the Bucks defense against their old pal Jameis, Tampa's 28% rostered. You could chase them and see if Jameis gets back to throwing all the interceptions like he's done in the past. I don't expect it to happen, but it's always a possibility with him. He's been known to do it a time or two. That is all for today's show, though. Make sure you check out my full week four waiver wire column over at the score on Monday night. Come find me on Twitter, X at Justin Boone. I'll be back with another show tomorrow and then we'll be back with a guest on a Wednesday. But until then, big thanks to my bills for just getting it done on Sunday. I mean, on a day when we saw all these other upsets happen... It was nice to see Buffalo just get the job done without much hassle. And yes, they should be 3-0. That loss to the Jets was very fluky in week one. But the Bills are looking like contenders again. And at some point here, they're going to get reinforcements. You're going to have Von Miller return. Dalton Kincaid's going to take on a bigger target share. And who knows? Maybe we're going to see an in-season trade. Maybe something that could put them over the top. Either way, nice easy win for Buffalo. Big thanks to them for that. Big thanks to all of you for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time my baby said leave on time leave on time with me tonight I said leave on time